Backpack Broadcasting continues to bring you the best original sports content, but now you can get more of the content you love. For as little as $3 a month, you can get access to bonus content, including behind-the-scenes footage and interviews from the Sports Walk, Sideline Stories, or the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. All this exclusive content comes via Patreon. There are tiered levels of patronage, and each Backpack Broadcasting patron receives exclusive perks. Your support helps Backpack Broadcasting create more of the original content that you love. Visit Backpack Broadcasting's Patreon page and become a patron today. Hard to Tell podcast, episode 131, still quarantining, still playing it safe through a crazy time in America. Dexter Henry here with Brian Fonseca, and we have a guest joining us for the third time, good friend, Hello. Kim Martin, Kimberly Martin, NFL reporter for ESPN. Now, that's right, ESPN, last two times you yeah, talked to Each time I've been here, I've had a new job. I don't know if you guys... Let me think uh, about that. The, you know what? Both times you were with your previous employer... I was with Yahoo? Okay. Yes, okay. both both what times. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. The very first one, I don't know. You know what? You might be right. That first time you might would have been with the I Washington Post. I got to go back and check. Yeah. Which, which was the most recent of the many others before, right before Yahoo? Washington Post. Washington Post. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I think you're right, Kim, because we talked about people talking about how you were switching jobs so often. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, I don't understand why. People um, would think that's weird. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What? Look, I don't know. I, I'll say it like I said before. Kim is moving up as as she should. Kim Kim knows I'm I'm proud of her and I've shared that already. So congrats on the new gig with ESPN. Thank you. Um, Thank you. As a reporter, we'll get into that and talk a little bit about that and 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 the new gig. Um, first of all, as we're asking everybody, how are you during this time and dealing with the coronavirus pandemic and everything else going on? Knock on wood. I'm okay. Husband, dog, all our animals are fine. Family's fine. Um, we're in Jersey. So, you know, New York, Jersey, it's, it's COVID city. So, um, the, the last couple months have been, have been crazy, but so far we're all right. That's good. Yeah. De- definitely. Definitely. Wow. How soon was it that you took the job? Like, right? Wasn't this right before? Are we going to get started? right in it? Um, so, <laughs> I will no, because say. because I want to know how oh, that no. affects you. Oh, like, no. You no, take, no. And I'm going to explain to you why, probably off mic, actually, now that I think about it, not on air. But, yeah, there's a reason. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, my orientation in Bristol was the same week that the NBA shut down. So, it's like I left a couple days of orientation, came back to Jersey, it might have been that night or the next day that, like, the NBA was done. All of a sudden, I'm like, do we need to get – how do we get groceries? I got to get a mat, you know? So this is probably the – depends on your perspective. Initially, I felt like this is the absolute worst time to start a new job uh, during a pandemic. Um, but, you know, I think that the adjustment has been interesting because, think about it, you're new to a new place, but I don't have any frame of reference for what working at ESPN is like outside of a pandemic. Like, I don't like, you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. a really like trippy thing, sort of like, okay, so 
like I remember that like the next week I was sort of like no I have a contract I do work here because it's like the whole world is different and you're like did I like dream that um so it's been interesting you know um but everybody's been cool it's been I think the network my producers like everybody is just trying to figure out how do you adjust to the new landscape of yeah. delivering the content right now so it's it's an exciting time because you don't know what things are going to look like when we get back to sports you know when sports comes back in some capacity and we don't know um yeah it is exciting but it's also nerve-wracking because you don't know what it'll be like so right. there's some challenges yeah it's an exact it's it really is an interesting time in in journalism sports journalism period you, you really don't know uh, a lot of what's going on. I mean, I know you were very excited um, for this opportunity, Kim, as you had in previous years at Yahoo. And as we said before, everybody's like, Kim keeps changing these jobs. <laughs> did, did, did that uh, pop into your mind at least when you announced it? Because when I saw it, I remember I texted you and I was like, yeah, like, you know, we talked a little after that, but did it pop in your mind? Uh, here we go again. People are going to have this thought. <laughs> you know what? I think people are always going to have that reaction. Um, but... Uh, it, like, if you had asked me in January, like, hey, you know, like, how are you? Like, what's, I was thinking like, okay, so this year at Yahoo, I want to do this and da, 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 da. Like, I was not at all thinking that a couple months later, I would have a new gig. So it, again, with all the other opportunities that I've had, this was the same in that I was not looking for it. I was not expecting it. Um, they reached out like, hey, do you want to sit down? Um and I, even during the talk, I was like, okay, this isn't really an interview. This is like a get to know you, like, this is where you're at. But, um, you know, I, I definitely, it was Super Bowl week that I, that I met with ESPN. And so I was thinking about like my, like after this meeting, I'm going to interview Dak Prescott on free agency. So I'm, I wasn't even thinking that I would have, like, by the time I landed from the Super Bowl, like I had a job offer. You know, so it's like that. That's wild, and that's not at all what I. That's not at all how I expected to cap my Super Bowl week. So yeah, nothing. It's been, right. it's been good. Nothing ever goes in this industry um, as you expected, as 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 we we both know. Now, with working from home, you talked about some of the challenges there, Kim. Um, we recently saw you did this piece with Kirk Cousins and mm-hmm. how he's dealing with adjusting to life from home and training from home. And I thought ESPN did a really good job in the remote way they were able to do it. And I know some of the challenges of that. How was that experience of working on a story, a package, and working with your producers? Everybody's <laughs> yeah. remote. You're not seeing this footage and you're doing these Skype interviews. Like, how's that? Well, that was crazy because your first feature, your first video feature, you know, that's what every ESPN reporter gets excited about, like to be on site with a subject, sitting across from them, asking them questions, like getting a feel for the vibe, the location. What, and so, you know, I reached out. Originally, it was supposed to be I was picturing a story. So, like, I reached out trying to do a story on Kirk and multiple guys, which I, I ended up writing as well. But you know, I was I did a story on Kirk and Demary Davis and Golden Tate and all these guys, how they're quarantining and working out differently. But Kirk, since he was the first one I interviewed. They were sort of like, hey, maybe we could get them on camera. The, the tricky thing now with COVID, as you understand, is, okay, how do you get a crew to someone? How do you, how do you relate to the audience what Kirk Cousins' workout routine is like? Because he's in Florida at his parents' house. 
He has two small kids under the age of three. So that's why they ended up going down there in the first place, um, just to have help with the kids and with his training. So it's like, how do you, how is he going to feel if I say like, hey, we're going to send, you know, a couple people down there. Is that okay? Um, you know, luckily Kirk was cool. He was like, yeah, no problem. Uh, we ended up doing a Zoom interview, myself, my producer, him on it. And even that is strange. Um, Cause, and his trainer obviously was on the Zoom call, but it, it's strange because sort of like walk us through what we're, you know, what we're going to see. Like, what are you guys doing today? And, and not being on the ground there. But I got to tell you, like watching that piece, I was like, this is why ESPN is dope. Like, because mm. it's a Zoom, we did Zoom interviews and we had a crew down there the same day that I interviewed him, like recording everything. And the way it was spliced together, it's not anyone's ideal situation a zoom you know what i mean but the way it came out i was like i, I was just like credit to the producers like the editors like they're they're just everybody is just top notch there um and they killed it so i thought that was a promising sign like even in the midst of a pandemic right we're able to we're trying to find workarounds and trying to get players comfortable with the idea of even still doing these features. And I think that's been, you know, that's the the situation I'm in now, trying to get guys um, to do features and us figuring out, you know, should we send a crew? Should we send the reporter? Should we send, you know, like, y even though the sun's out, you know, it's like 80 something degrees in New York, <laughs> like, you know, Dexter's got me on this podcast in the middle of the afternoon. Oh, wow. I put my tan on outside. Wow. Um, no, but like even like you would think that COVID was done. So right. like some people are out and about and, and enjoying the weather. But it's still a really big thing from a legal standpoint, liability standpoint, like just right. trying to and trying to get agents, players, teams like comfortable with like okay so who's gonna be around my guy um so you know that's a challenge i'm i'm not sure what the season's gonna bring what act media access is gonna be like yeah that's another concern um because i could see teams being like er, yeah uh, in, in normal times we'd let you roll up in here mm -hmm. but no why don't we just do a skype or a zoom or a facetime how about that so yeah it's interesting that this could be i know brian's probably got questions about that but i know it's interesting that that could be the future um, in doing this stuff. And I got, you're right, ESPN did a fantastic job on that. There's some stuff in stories I've been working on that I took inspiration from that. I'm like, oh, I like how they did that. Or like, I could, it's ideas I took from it that I thought was really good. Brian, I know you got questions about access and that stuff. So go. Yeah, I guess first would be to start, like, what are your, well, before even that, because you talked about, you know, getting in touch with athletes. And I'm wondering, like, how has that become even more of a hassle in terms of trying to get, different guys who probably don't even want to do it in a regular basis and now <laughs> they're gonna say that hey you know we don't really want to do this even mm. now because of the situation whereas you would think that they would want to because they're more wide open but you know guys are just gonna not want to talk if they don't want to talk anyway yeah you know it's i think now that we've gone from the craziness of covid to now what we're seeing um from a, from a social justice police brutality situation I feel like we've all been stuck at home. And so we've been listening to the COVID stuff to now what's happening in the country. And I think when you reach out to guys, you know, it's, it's it, some guys are cool. Some guys are fine. They, you know, it, it doesn't matter. They'll, they're fine hopping on whatever, um, it, being interviewed for a story. 
the challenge though is that not everybody's the same. Right? So when it's, you know, we're talking peak COVID, you know, that's on everybody's mind. The likelihood of trying to get somebody to agree to sit down. Some guys are cool. Other guys are like, eh. Other guys might be, because we're all at home, they might be using this time to deal with, you know, to be with their family, to be engaged because, you know, in the off season, their attention is split with the training and then you got OTAs and mini camps. So some guys have just sort of wanted to like lay low, which, which you understand because even as a quote unquote regular person, you're doing the same thing. You know what I mean? Like you're trying to check in with family. Like you're like, again, being in New York, New Jersey, it's like, okay, so, you know, make, making sure you have essential like gloves, mat, like all that stuff is probably preoccupied with. Yeah. Right. So, so I think there are some guys that are like, yeah, whatever. Like we could talk for a story. We could do a sit down, like come, you can fly in, you know, um, and that's cool. And then other guys are sort of like, mm, not right now. And, and you understand both sides. Some people just want to get back to football so badly that, you know, it's like, yeah, I'll talk about whatever. But especially now that we've, now that COVID has sort of been eclipsed by George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and all these cases and, and the protests that we're seeing, you know, that it's, it's a, guys are exhausted. Some guys are exhausted. Um, some guys want to talk, you know, so I just think there's just, it's very heavy for all of us. And I just think it's a case by case. And sometimes you strike out with one, but another one's cool. And that's sort of the process. Like you, you have to keep reaching out and seeing, you know, what you'll be able to get. What yeah. is, go ahead, Brett. Go ahead, Brian. And I guess in terms of now getting into the NFL portion or the season portion of this, because obviously we have a lot of questions there. I mean, the NFL was one of the few leagues that was pretty much on schedule up until I believe what is it, mini camp that was would have already happened or OTAs or whatever okay, the case yeah. may be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, what is this going to start to look like now? Like, what are the conversations that are happening in regards to can the season start on time? You know, obviously empty arenas or not uh, in some cases that they want to have. So. Yeah, you know, the NFL was the one entity that I thought, you know what, this season will kick off on time. And I felt that for a couple weeks, even with the restrictions here in Jersey and New York, like I still felt like the NFL, you know, they were one league where it wasn't going on, like the league wasn't in full go when COVID, like in March and stuff. And, you know, where the NBA had to be like, okay, let's shut it down right now. The NFL has had the opportunity to sit back and watch how things have things have played out for other leagues. I also think we have enough time until September. Um, I, you know, when I talk to players for the story about training during quarantine and stuff, a lot of them, you know, were saying it wouldn't surprise me if we just rolled up like right before the season, you know, or like right at the end of what would be training camp and sort of, or you know, we're trying to acclimate the rookies in training camp when really that's the portion of the off season where we're supposed to be like planning for the season itself, not trying to get everybody up to speed with how we do things. So I don't have any doubt that the season will start on time. I, I just never thought the NFL would even let it get to that point. Um, I think across the nation, I think politically we're 
I think politicians are under pressure to jumpstart the economy as quickly as possible, you know, and that's, and they're trying to balance that with the safety concerns. And you see New York and New Jersey and all these other like governors have come out and said like, okay, such and such date will, you know, you can allow people to come into facilities. You know, some players have said like coaches, you know, they're getting, getting the feeling like coaches will be like, get ready two to three weeks. We may, you know, be able to let you in. So I have, I don't, I don't know what about you guys, but I honestly, there wasn't, there wasn't really a doubt for me that the NFL would start, you know, within the last three weeks, I was sort of like, yeah, we're going to, I'm going to be at a stadium or something like, yeah. like I didn't think, I didn't think that that was a, that, that wouldn't happen. Yeah. I felt like when this all started, we, September to your point was far enough away to where, all right, you know, we should have everything together by then. And now we're damn near in June and it's like, okay, we have a, we have a, a revolutionary uprising happening slash there's still a pandemic going on and people have just decided that they're bored with the pandemic. So they want to just go back it's outside. It's hot outside. It's hot yeah, outside. Yeah. You know what happens when it gets hot outside. Yeah, <laughs> we don't know how to act. Yeah. And you know, people are, uh, fearful of a second wave and we don't know if that's going to happen what's this going to look like if it in fact it does happen and are people going to care or are people just going to deal with it and be like look this is what it is now let's just figure it out when we figure it out but we have to go out get this money so i mean there's a lot of scenarios that are playing out mm -hmm. so where sometimes i just want to chill out and be like look i'm just going to go into my bubble work on what i'm going to work on and not really think about it because i don't have the answers yeah. and i think this pandemic it's important to resign yourself to the fact that yo i don't know that's a suffice. That's a that's a fine answer. I don't know. You know, it's funny when I talked to Demary Davis for the story. He gave this funny quote where he was like, "You know, the pandemic don't know nothing about football season. Doesn't care mm. when football season starts. Like, so me as an athlete, like I can't get caught up in is the season gonna start on time? Like, man, I really hope it starts on time. Like, I kind of have to just wait until Sean Payton says, okay, guys, like, like." this is the date you need to show up. Because the Saints are one of those teams that said, Sean Payton was like, we're not doing any of the virtual stuff, just show up in the best shape. Um, and he had it. So he, like, he's dealt right, with it. Right, 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 right. So I now, again, even though I'm saying I think the season will start on time, I, I wonder about a second wave of this. Because now you're talking the fall, you're talking flu season, all that stuff. And if COVID comes back, then what? Is there... A season disruption or do we just sort of play on you know I wonder about the fans in the stands I'm not as sure about where we are with the fans I it wouldn't shock me if games started on time but stadiums are empty and then as the season goes on we get fans in, in seats um, the fan part is interesting and I, I feel for them because it's like, okay, you spent money, you've been season ticket holders for, for decades or whatever, your family's had season tickets, and, yeah. you know, you don't want to not be there, and part of the off-season experience is going to training camp and mini camps and getting the autographs from players and having your kids get autographs, and is it, are you, do you want your kids that close? Do the players want to get that close? Like, what's that, you know? So it's a, yeah. a lot of unknowns. I think the only certainty in my mind is that football's coming. It's just yeah. in what in what shape, you know, what form we're gonna see it. Are you? It's it's funny, Kim, because you brought up some stuff that I about the fans and stuff that I was gonna ask you. So I was glad you addressed that. Are you concerned about? I mean, there's so much unknown, but are you concerned about 
how you will be able to cover this as a reporter. You know, we're, we're, we're all used to going into the locker rooms, but that might not be the case anymore. You know what I mean? And press conferences will obviously be different, you know, probably with some social distancing involved. Is that Has that crossed your mind, just your safety going and covering the sport? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've even I've thought about even the stories that I'm trying to work on now. And if it's great if a player wants you to sit down with them and then you think, oh, that wouldn't entail me driving or getting on a plane. Right. You know, like you have those thoughts. But as a reporter, at least for me, I'm like, all right, whatever safety precautions I got to take, like that's what I'm going to do. So when the season starts, I think as a reporter, you know, sports reporters, like we never ever call out sick. You know what I mean? Like we would show, yeah. which is not a great thing. No. Yeah. But we would show up to the newsroom. Like when I covered high school sports, show up to the newsroom, like even cover games, like outside football games, like, and, yeah. and, and be sick, not well, like go to press boxes and just sort of, you just grind through it, you mm-hmm. know? Um, not that writing a story is such a, you know, immense feat, but you know, <laughs> there are no days off in in sports journalism, like that's how we are wired. So when it comes down to the season, like I've had thoughts like, do I really want to be on a plane? So like, (laughs) what, like, are they selling every seat? Like, is that, that recycled air? Like what's happening with that? Is that, you know, like I've had those thoughts. Um, But at the end of the day, like to me, I can't imagine post game locker room on a Sunday and like not having reporters scurrying around and like going to like I can't yeah. picture that. And, and it's like even I know that we'd still be up in there trying to be socially distant. And and that's what what worries me is that we are going to see changes to access. And and the NFL and teams will. I talked to a PR director this week, and he was sort of you know I was trying to gauge, you know like okay when things open up like. You know, I said something about media. He's like, I don't even know if media will be allowed in here. Like, I don't, he's like, I don't know if I'll be here. You know, like, I don't know if I'll be here during training. You know, like, we have no idea. And I think with so many unknowns, it's a perfect opportunity to be really strict with the access. So I don't know how you police the access post game. Like, you can't do it. I don't know. You can't really do a Zoom interview post game. But if they want to, they'll figure it out. They'll figure out a way that, like, okay, we're only going to bring two players to the podium. Media has to be, like, this far back. Or during the week, I can easily see, like, Zoom calls and Skype interviews with players because we're doing it right now, you know? And it's sort of like, oh, well, I could easily see a team saying, well, we're doing this. Yeah, so training camp, you know, started, but we're not really allowing, you know, a, you know superfluous people in the building so why don't we just agree that these players will talk via Zoom during training camp? You know, like right. it's the little things uh, that, that have me afraid. The Sports Walk is back. Watch season three of Backpack Broadcasting's original web series that brings you the opinions of real sports fans. The first two seasons and current season are available now for viewing on the Sports Walk YouTube channel and Facebook page. Check out the 2017 NYC WebFest official selection and see what other sports fans have to say on the hottest issues in sports today. It's easy. Just take the Sports Walk.
said you think there definitely will be football by September. It's just a matter of how it's going to be. Um, do you think, with that being said, do you feel like as a country and when we're talking about sports returning, do you feel like we may be moving too fast towards that? Or is it kind of right on time now because people have been missing it, people want it? Like, I know you want it too because it's weird too, right? Because although we all are concerned as journalists um, about our health. Our livelihood is tied yeah, to it. Yeah, our livelihood's tied to it too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm torn, honestly. And especially, you know, obviously new person at ESPN, um, you know, I'm an NFL reporter. If there's no NFL, you know, okay. This isn't like, I've seen newspapers, newsrooms have high school writers and sports writers during, during COVID write about health, like write about other things, Yeah, you know? Um, For me, entering a new job at a time like this, obviously on one hand, yeah, man, I need the NFL to come back um, to justify my existence to some degree. (laughs) However, the other side of me is it really would be a shame to rush to get us to a point where things feel like normal and season starts on time and and then have a setback, like have, have... a ton of guys, like have one guy on a team test positive for COVID. And then now it's like, then what do you, like, are we quarantining the whole team? Like, are, like, are the, are the bucks, are the cheap, is the whole team quarantined? Like, what do we do? You know, that, I think that scares me. Like what happens when a player tests positive? Because I have no doubt that's going to happen. What happens? Mm-hmm. Because then it's not just the player. Then you have to, again, this is why the media access is so interesting to me because you saw in the NBA with Rudy Gobert. It's yep. like, you know, and then all of a sudden he coughing on record. You know, it's like, did this player infect his teammates and media, other staffer? You know, it's, it's I don't know. There's it's a lot. A lot of un- it's a lot of unknowns. So I'm, I'm torn, honestly, because clearly we miss sports. We love sports. This is This time period has reminded us why sports mm-hmm. are so beloved and vital to to you know our everyday just joy right um but at the same time you know there sports is in everything and that 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 sounds strange coming from somebody whose career is is tied to sports being there but it but when you look at the death tolls like sports isn't everything so i hope that i'm sure the nfl is doing the best it can i don't know how you with th- these many people involved, I don't know this many people involved. I don't know how you are able to do something that 100% is foolproof. I don't know if there is that answer. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't yeah. know to that. Um, what was it like covering the draft? I want to get into some offseason stuff with you before we get some other so stuff. What was it like covering the draft? Because everything was remote, and I watched some of it, and it was just like, yo, know, it looks kind of crazy, but I think they did a pretty good job with it. Yeah, I thought no, it went well. The drafts I thought was good. Um, that's the interesting thing because, again, that's right. I started mid March, and so like there was this like pause for me as far as like okay assignments and stuff like that. Like the plan was always to like ease me into the gig anyway. Um, so the draft it was like my bosses were sort of like you know you don't even have like home equipment because why would you we wouldn't think that you would you know three weeks into your job that you would need 
like somebody would need to come to your home and set up home like equipment, but then we also don't want to send somebody to your house, you know? So the draft was, this was the first year where I wasn't at a facility and, you know, or like, and not being on TV or, or, you know, this was the first time and it was strange, but it was, it was, interesting to watch the virtual draft because I was like oh boy how is this gonna go <laughs> you know you had multiple you had NFL Network ESPN you had play you had Goodell you had different things and I was just like oh boy but again I think I've had a couple moments of like this is why like I'm proud to be a part of ESPN because I think while they took some heat you know while we they whatever took some heat for how some things were done during the draft I thought overall like the quality of it, the production, like in the midst of a pandemic, like this was a this un- huge undertaking with all these guys and all like it was a lot. And I thought um, we got I love seeing coaches and GMs and owners like with their kids, their families, like because, again, like like football, it's fun. It's not this is not politics. This is not life or death. You know what I mean? Like, so it was nice to see people in their own element and being able to share draft night with their families and their kids, because most often they're like in their war rooms, like, you know, also, and it's still, it's still that same like stress, right? Like, you know, damn, the guy we wanted isn't there, but there was just um, some humanness. I thought this year that really, it was good to sit back and, and see. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was, I thought that was dope. I really did like that. I did like it. how would you describe the flow of the off season just as a whole? Because that was when all of this was kind of starting, right? It was those first two months. So how did that maybe disrupt the flow of a regular off season if it did at all? Because obviously there's less like face to face meetings you would think and more zoom calls and stuff like that, as we mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, for me specifically, when I got the job, you know, I had orientation and then a couple weeks later, we're supposed to be the NFL owners meetings. It was like, okay, go down there. You're not going to be on TV. Like, you don't have to file anything. Just, like, network and introduce yourself to people. Like, because, again, when you've changed jobs a few times, like (laughs) I have, uh, there are some people who still dial my old Newsday 631 number. I'm like, that was, like, four jobs ago. Like, what? I was guilty of that at one point. (laughs) <laughs> Why would you think I still had that Long Island? But anyway, so the, so for me, like I'm like, okay, the owners me is gonna be great because a lot of coach, you know, that you, it's like I just saw some people, and it's like I was working for Yahoo, so it's you know what I mean. So it's like you want that time. So that being canceled, I was like, oh boy. And so when you're quarantined and you're not able to be in buildings, you're not able to get face to face like that. The relationship aspect of this business is so it's so important and so when not having that opportunity has been has been challenging I think when you think about what an off season is like I mean you go straight from combine February to free agency and then you got the draft and then before you know it it's like OTAs and then we're in like mandatory mini camps and 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 you're like, there's only one month of break, really, before training camp. So the whole offseason is just busy with stuff. You've got the media NFL owners meeting. You've got all this, like, buzz and stuff. Um, now, granted, this offseason hasn't been short on on stuff. 
Um, but it's just the, the routine of it all that is that being disrupted has been, has been wild. It really has been wild. Um, but again, you're seeing, I think what we're seeing, I'm sure we'll get into this a little later, but you're seeing because everybody's quarantined and, and being stuck at home, people are witness to a lot of things that they probably wouldn't pay. I don't want to say they wouldn't pay that much attention to, but it, because mm. we're tra- not, I won't say trapped, but because we're stuck at home, <laughs> you're, you are kind of forced to see some things. And that could be whether it's severity of the pandemic or whether it's the severity of the state of, of America right now. So I think all of that has, has played into a wild 2020 off season. You could not even, like if somebody had told us this in December, when we were thinking about New Year's Eve, oh. plan, like we would have been like, yeah, yeah. okay. Like, uh, yeah, like, you made the There were people like that in March. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're like, yeah, no way. You know what I mean? Kim, speaking of the offseason and, and moves and the transactions we did see, I guess, pre-draft, um, wh- what do you think, which teams do you think really improved themselves, um, you know, before the draft, through the draft? What are, maybe give me three teams that you thought really did a good job of improving themselves. Well, I will say um, the, the one of the best free agency moves to me was obviously the Bucks getting Tom Brady. Now, I am still shocked that Tom Brady is a Tampa Bay Buccaneer oh, yeah. because it's so it, it again as some Dexter, you know, once you cover the Jets for so many years or once you're so used to covering the AFC East, mm-hmm. like he is the face of it. So yep. it's it's so it's so surreal and the fact that, that like Todd Bowles is on that side. It just, it's just like, it's just all so oh, surreal. Yeah. Um, but funny. I think that now I'm not saying the Bucks are winning the Super Bowl by any means, but I no. think in to be able to get Tom, and then I mean Gronk is not the same guy, mm-hmm. but automatically you add guys who know how to win. Like you pair Tom Brady with the anti Belichick from the standpoint of Bruce Arians is like cursing up a storm like likes to have fun like he is just like you meet him and you're like that guy i want to have a beer with him like i want to hang with him like he is down to earth like funny um curses like a sailor it's just such a more relaxed like he's on his scooter during during practices like you know going from one group to the other it's just a more relaxed vibe now so that's obviously a lot different than the patriots yes. rigid yes. um way of doing things but I think in Brady you get a guy who finally feels like he's wanted and appreciated and you get a guy who's won 60 goals and he can help instill that winning tradition and he's got some weapons and he's got Bulls has a defense on the upswing right so but the major um, question I'm sorry to cut you off Kim the major question no 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 no, no. I I I, I, I have no, 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 no. You, you are bringing up all these great points about Brady, but I feel like with saying that, there has to be one major question that I have to ask you as somebody that covers this league. Does he still have anything left? Do you think that he's done? And, and, and because what you, you talked about how he can impact the team, but I guess what I'm questioning is how much of an impact can he actually have on that team? Or do you you're think? Trying to say, you're trying to say he's just you know, a result of Bill Belichick's genius? No, 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 I am not, no, 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 I am not that person. See, you just, you just riled up Brian to just be an instigator in this. 
And what I'm saying, well, I'm going to ask if you know what? I'm going to say this with my chest. I'm not saying make any declarations, but I'm going to ask this question. Uh-huh. Kimberly Martin, do you think mm-hmm. he's washed or not? No, because Kimberly Martin has made the mistake of in the past being like, I don't know, man. Brady, Brady looks now, like. Though. No, I understand. I think Brady, he's not the same guy, right? right. But what makes him great, what makes him have six Bowls is he still walks around like that guy who was the hundred and something whatever pick in the draft. Like he still walks around mm-hmm. like he's married to a suit model, has all these Bowls, but he, his entire career, he's played with that chip. So the minute the chorus starts getting louder, I'm like, this guy's done. The Patriots are like, that's when Brady's like, oh, really? Okay. He hits you with the can gift. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, <laughs> that is what you love about his competitive spirit. So that's why I started by saying the Bucs aren't winning the Super Bowl. Now, disclaimer, if they do win the Super Bowl, please destroy this tape. But No, no, like, oh, no, no. We will replay that. I'll jump on with you. They're not winning the Super Bowl. I don't think they are either. So. I don't think they are either. So we're all yeah, in the but, but, to, but by getting him, Playoffs, you – See? And in that division where you have mm-hmm. Rees, you like, to me, you have te- – like. You have all these these good quarterbacks. I think the Bucks did a great job as far as becoming relevant, increase automatically increasing yeah. the talent level. And he's Brady. If he's going to be the same Brady up here, he's going to raise the level of competition from the guys around him, and they're going to raise it automatically just because it's like Tom Brady just walked in the building. Yeah. Um, so I love the Bucks. You know, one team I was sort of like, what are they doing? So the Texans, um, oh, yes. them tra- so trying to, trying explain to, it, Kim, explain it for us, I please. Don't know. I don't know. I don't, Wait. because, Kim at a loss I'm for like, words. Oh I'm my God. Of, I'm going to let you think about what you actually want to say before we get to the Texans. Let me just say this about the Bucks. So I'm kind of down on Tom Brady in terms of just physically and what I saw the last, particularly the right. last season down the stretch, losing to Tennessee in the playoffs the way that he did. However, I think what's different now to your point is that Mike Evans is there. Uh, Gronkowski's going to be back with him. He has other. He has a whole bunch of weapons on that Tampa Bay team where it's like, all right, if there's somebody who can figure out how to, I guess, survive for two more seasons with all of this at his disposal, including mm-hmm. Rob Gronkowski, uh, Dexter, current WWE 24-7 champion, oh. Oh. then you're going <laughs> to... Then, you know, you might have a team that can go 10-6 and six and come out of a division that, you know, not really... It's not, it's not great, it's a winnable division for them. I, I would still say the Saints are the best team there, but they can get a wild card spot in the NFC. I wouldn't think that'd be crazy. Okay. I mean, you went from Jameis to to Brady, you know, and that's not that's not me trying to rip on Jameis. That's just I think with Jameis, every week when you turn on the television, you don't know what was going to happen. Word. With Brady, you don't know if he's going to win the game or not, but you kind of have an idea. Like if there's a chance to win, like Brady, like you yeah. think, like okay, I can bet on him. There. Yeah. You know, I think that instantly makes the team better. Now, the Texans. So, um, Please make sense of it. I don't, I don't, and, you know, I don't understand it. I don't understand it, <laughs> especially because them trading away Hopkins for, and I, I mean. What was you know, the exact return? Do, do you remember so they gave, they gave, like, 
their do they the Texans gave their fourth round and Hopkins. Okay, I found it for I a second it. rounder. I found yep. it. It was so they traded DeAndre Hopkins and a fourth rounder, a twenty twenty. David Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they got back David Johnson a second and second, a fourth. Second and a fourth. But in twenty, but the fourth is in twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. The second right. was this past year. Right. This right. is this is right around the time, as I'm sure you're about to point out anyway, that Stefan Dix goes for a for hall. Yes. yes. Yeah. For a first round pick, yes. among other things. Yes. And that to me is why I'm so stunned still. <laughs> Because because Bill Brown, I mean, the moves as head coach and GM and de facto, you know, ruler, um, you know, there have been some questionable moves leading into this mm-hmm. year. And then we have Hopkins who, I mean, like quarter, great quarterbacks are key, right? Yeah. And I just think about Deshaun Watson. I'm just like, this, this kid literally has to carry them. Like he, he did last year, I feel like, you know, and... And that's a that's a lot. And I think great quarterbacks, you're privileged to have really good, great quarterbacks in your system. You're also privileged to have top notch, like best in the league wide receivers. Like that's not something that you're just like, oh, okay, like I'm just gonna give that away for this running back. Like I understand you gotta make finances fit and all, but to me it's like DeAndre Hopkins. You know how many te- you know? And I'm sure the Bills were like, We just get we we just gave <laughs> We should go. Wait, what? <laughs> like, we and that, that? Yeah, we. I wish I knew. Yeah, I wish I knew the price was like that. <laughs> and also, oh but also, but also, the trading for David Johnson portion of it. Somebody who you know has an injury history and trading for trading for a running running back, back? in general just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Somebody who's been in the league for a while, and on top of that, this is. I guess the crowning part of the return you get for arguably the best receiver in the league. Which then it led me yeah. to the belief that there was obviously something more going on, which we saw reports about right after between Bill O'Brien and yeah. DeAndre Hopkins, and Bill O'Brien's going to continue to ruin that team for as long as. Well, there's there's just oh, what you hate to see is there's just always rumblings of something. Yes, right. That, you know when it comes to him and like players that that are sort of jettisoned out, like there's always something, and DeAndre. Since, you know, on the record has sort of been, you know, praised Bill O'Brien's like, you know, like, I'm happy here. Like, I'm good here, you know. So he took the high road. But because there's always rumblings, you're sort of like, this. you don't want to see guys move for non-football reasons. You know what right. I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. it's like, if you can't keep him financially and you're like, okay, we want to see you flourish elsewhere. Like, I'm, so, you know, like that to me is a different feeling. Um, but again, DeAndre Hopkins going to the Cardinals, like that's another team that I'm excited to watch with mm-hmm. Kyler Murray. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald, man, he will what school, not going anywhere. What's, what school did Larry Fitzgerald, the great Larry Fitzgerald go to? Sorry. <laughs> Just, what's, oh, we have silence from Kim again because she refuses to utter the words, the great University of Pittsburgh out of her mouth. For people only listening, for people only listening and not watching, Kim is rolling her eyes. She's rolled it in three different directions, actually, which is pretty impressive. <laughs> Oh. It's not impressive. She does that all the time. That's the kind of energy she gives <laughs> off, especially around. I'm my whole chest. Really? I mean. <laughs> hey, everybody! Brian Fonseca here to tell you about the multi-time award-winning series out now. That is Side Hustle, which is created, executive produced, hosted, and edited by me. 
Brian Fonseca. Side Hustle is a sit-down interview series that taps into sacrifice, the odd avenues taken to progress closer to your ultimate dreams, and some jokes as well. Because you know, we always gotta find it funny, and we always gotta find time to laugh. Side Hustle has been named to the best TV and web series category at several different film festivals, including the 2020 International New York Film Festival, the New York Movie Awards, and a host of others. Be sure to watch Season 1 in full right now on either BrianFonseca.net or YouTube.com slash BrianFonseca. Brian with a Y, remember. All eight episodes, trailers, teasers, and promo are free to watch, and the series as a whole is approximately two hours long. Everyone has a story. Everyone has a side hustle. Be sure to watch Season 1, out now. Still in the league. I still think he has something left. Yeah, no, I... I was impressed that he wanted to come back because he's a guy who's so, who I think he can, he's to me is like an Alex Smith where it's like, he can do so many great things in life. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't necessarily need football. Right. And I thought with, you know, with Kingsbury and like, and Kyler, I was sort of, I was interested to see how long it would take for them to gel for this offense to be, you know, the firehouse, that the fire thing that, like, we all, like, that we were promised. Like, yes. oh, okay, Cliff is going to bring this, and Kyler's going to be running all over people. So for Larry to say, like, yeah, I still have some left, and this is this is where I want to be, I mean, like, that's pretty impressive. I'm, I think adding DeAndre Hopkins into that mix, like, that that's going to be interesting on Sundays. I'm excited to see so that. You got and t- Kyler, it's great for Kyler. So you got Tampa, you got uh, Arizona. Oh, well, we, had to, we had to kill the Texans. I mean, we Texans killed the Texans. Um, um, any AFC teams that you like? really? Who do we like? What about what about the what about the Bills getting Stephon Diggs? Actually, so so right. So um, and, the, and I guess we could do the AFC East. So totally now that Brady's there, uh, Brady's gone from that situation. I guess. I mean, to me, like the AFC East, like the Bills are prime, right? The big question mark. Getting Stefan Diggs was all about Josh Allen here. Right. Everything is yeah. here for you yeah. to succeed, which is something that um, not every quarterback gets. You know, they're not in a position where it's like, okay, you need you need a top flight receiver. Okay, we got you one. You need a good defense. I mean, that defense. And the shame of it is they definitely underperformed last year, at least in my opinion. Because I feel like the Bills are one great coaching staff, very good leadership. But it takes a while to learn how to win. Mm -hmm. And like when you get down in a game, like how to come back, like or how to when you get up, how to step on people's throats like like that is that's a learned thing. And I think this they have the right staff in place and the right management and they have a great roster. I want to see Josh Allen take the next step as far as being able to silence the doubt. There are always going to be doubters, right? But I think the amount – he doesn't have a lot of room for error because he is the guy, and they've given him a lot lot of resources. So he can't try to win it all with his legs and be trying to mow down people and throw the ball – all the way downfield to like no one, you know what I mean? Like it's like he has to understand how to preserve leads and how how to get leads in games. 
Yeah, yeah. And, they're an interesting team for sure. And, and to your point about just the winning overall and it takes time to learn how to win. I think that's why it was important for at least the Miami Dolphins to get a couple of wins down the stretch last year because going into this year, I'm looking at the division. I'm like, they they could finish second if Tua is actually pretty good. Now, I'm, not, I'm not sure, though. Well, Kimberly's looking like mind she wants to pop the brakes. No, no, no. Just mind you, we were all like, look at the Dolphins last year, tanking away, mm-hmm. blatantly tanking all up in our faces. Brian Flores. And what, <laughs> Brian Flores what's what's like, Brian Flores, though? Well, you know, you know how to um, Yeah, no, I think what they were able to do, I mean, part of why them even beating the Patriots and be, like, it's, it was such a perfect ending as much as, what did they finish? Like five and, five, five and 11? Five and 11. Um, I mean, you a know. lot of people, what, two wins at best? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was a great, that it was one. It was one of the best five eleven seasons because you saw a team that was getting buried, just from the perspective of like they're not even trying to be like competitive. They're just like waving a white flag from jump. And and it was you know the tank for Tua and like oh they're gonna go after quarterback. So now they've got Tua, but they also have one of the <laughs> greatest magicians on a football field in Ryan Fitzpatrick because I don't know how this man is able to still be in the league and still, like, get starting jobs, lose them, but get them again. Mm-hmm. And, and But but I love I love Ryan because he's pretty much like, yeah, I'll mentor, I'll mentor Tua. Like, I think this kid's going to be really good. Like, he can be – he's competitive as hell. So he can mentor and also be like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to help you, but it's going to be me playing on Sunday. Now, invariably, the Fitzmagic show, you know, turns to dust and then, you know, the youngsters on the field speaking anyway. But, you know, I think Miami has a good situation as far as letting Tua. I don't honestly, I don't want to see Tua right away. I don't. I I don't. I agree. I I don't want to see him. Um, so to, to me, it'll be a good situation as long as Fitz does what he does, you know, starts off the season throwing for 450 yards and everybody's like, oh my God, Fitz magic. You're so great. Da, da, da. And then at some point it becomes, team runs out. you know what yeah. I mean? It's, yeah, but yeah. it's fine. But it's fine because we can, I, I love the Fitz ride. I love it. Um, but as long as Tua is healthy, he's learning, he's watching the pressures off in the very beginning. You're not expecting him to come in from week one and carry all that, I think it's a great situation. I'm excited. I shouldn't say I'm glad Brady's out the AFC East, um, but it is nice to see the division where the Patriots aren't penciled in as the favorite, where there's still questions about, okay, I think Belichick can, can um, is still a great coach, clearly. I mean, he went to Wesleyan where I went, so obviously he's a genius. But... Um, but it's it's great that there are question marks around the Patriots, and we we're excited about the Bills. We're excited about the Dolphins. Um, Not- oh, and the Jets! I forgot. And the Jets, you know. <laughs> I wonder why. Oh, your former uh, yeah. Yeah, I, it's not that I'm. There are weird not, teams to try to predict this year. It's just, you know what I you know what I'm interested in with the Jets. It's sort of like reading stuff you're sort of like oh this this team is all this is all joe douglas's team you know how the 2020 jets do is is going to be more about douglas and and it's sort of like listen if adam Gase does not figure out 
how to get Le'Veon Bell involved in the offense. Get start, like, what's the point of Adam Gase being here? I thought he was the one. Everybody's mm-hmm. like, oh, he has a relationship with Peyton. Oh, he's so great. Okay, well then, then I expect Sam Darnold to take another leap. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, I expect because in this division, like, it's prime for the taking in theory. You know yep. what I mean? It is wide open. So if the Jets. To me, like with a coach like Gase, if he's the offensive guru that you hired him to be, then the Jets should really, they really should be the favorite. You know, they should be like up there like, okay, it's the Jets and the Bills. Like who's really going to, you know, but um, I can't. I can't get excited, and it has nothing to do with my you know the covering them. Because the Jets are going to be the Jets. You feel like yeah. the Jets are going to be the Jets. You can say, like, I know like, you can't say it, Kim, but like but like the Jets are probably going to be the Jets. Record, if you both Dex and Kim, if you had to pick a record, you're probably going to say you would you would it, that what you you would expect them to do if everything breaks. The right, Jets six nine seven something like that. If oh, every, like yeah, yeah, and yeah. you're probably thinking in your head, but but see, but see, I would say it like Kim. I would say it. They're going to be six and ten, and then it's going to be like, oh, Sam Darnold's gone. They're going to get somebody else. It's going to be the same thing I over and over. I see what Kim did. You? I see what Kim did there when you said ten and six. She was like, eh, and that's how I feel. I'm like, even if everything breaks right, I'm I don't feel good about saying ten and six. You know I what I'm saying, Kim? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, I just, mm, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I don't know, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling, like, some, like I'm not them. able to get those words out, 10 and 6. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I don't know. If you pencil them in for 8 and 8, 7 and 9, or 9 and 7 every yeah, year. Right. I feel better. I'm in there. I'm I in feel there. better. I'm in there. <laughs> you could do that. Yeah. I've always said you could do that with at least half the NFL every season, and you're going to be right. Yeah. So, now, Kim. That's why uh, there are only a few good teams in the NFL. That yeah. consistently good, I should consistently say. Consistently good. That is true. Now, Kim, a couple things before we get you out of here because we do not want to take away from your time to enjoy such a beautiful afternoon I mean, out there. Yes. Um, as she looks outside the window for those who are not watching. <laughs> um, so you talked about the Patriots, and I think the Patriots, um, you know, you can still say they're unsettled at QB if you want to say to some degree. I feel like a name that would be great for them out there would be Cam Newton. Explain to me why Cam Newton still does not have a job. You know, Cam is, you know how I said Corona's not letting us be great? Yeah. Corona not letting Cam be great this year. Mm. Um, There are several reasons why Cam is not on a roster and none of it still doesn't make sense to me, but you know, the biggest thing is the health concern. And so if you're going to get, if you are going to bring him in, you need to know exactly what you're getting and you're not going to want to rely on some third party doctor or watching workout videos of cam like oh yeah he's really good yeah i think he could be you know it's like you're gonna want to get him in the building with your medical staff so they can check him out and make sure like okay the money we're about to pay him um is worth it and i think that's that's the sad thing because he to know you know to no fault of his own like he can't go anywhere you know he wouldn't have been able to go anywhere and 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 get checked out, right? Um, but there's also also the issue of so the Panthers let him go, and he I think he was going to count like 19.1 in non guaranteed salary, right? So they're sort of like, okay, Matt Rule, new coach, come in. He's like, well, we're not going to extend him. Like we're not going to give him more money. Like we don't know where he is health wise. Like okay, we're just going to move on. I honestly think 
Ron Rivera not picking him up and taking Kyle Allen mm. to me was like, Ugh. what's going on there? Right. Oh, only because, you know, I talked to Ron Rivera at Super Bowl week when I was at Yahoo, working for Yahoo <laughs> on set. I interviewed him and I, you know, I said, you know, Cam is on the market. Like, what do you think? You know? Um, and he's like, Oh, there's no doubt. Like he could still be that guy. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, and as he was saying, I'm like, okay, well, that's his former coach. Obviously, he's going to say that, you know. Um, so then when he had the option, but when he had the option of, you know, and at that point, I think, you know, Super Bowl, Kim hadn't been released yet. It was sort of like no. Kim sort of, right. you know. Um, but when the Redskins had an opportunity to bring him in, it was sort of like, oh, even his own guy's not, you know, like, oh, that's interesting. Now, with Cam, there's also the specter of does he want to be a backup? Only Cam knows that. Um, I, I won't I won't even pretend that I can speak for him. Would he be fine being a backup with backup money, you know? Um, and also, you bring Cam in. This isn't, this isn't Ryan Fitzpatrick, who I think is still very good as a quarterback. Um, this is a guy who, the minute... Anything goes wrong on the field with your starting quarterback, especially a young quarterback. Mm -hmm. Fans call for Cam because yeah. at least you know what Cam was. Like, you know what Cam has been able to do. So even if Cam is not 100%, it's like, okay, that guy I know, though. Um, this young kid, I don't, I don't know what's happening here. Um, like, if, if the Bills were going to sign Cam Newton, right, to back up Josh Allen, a big guy can run, likes to run people over, you think, well, you know what? They could slide Cam in there easily, couldn't they? Yeah, I can see Have it. Josh Allen. Have Josh Allen, you know, screw up a play, lose a game, have three, like you're saying, three bad games in a row, three-game losing streak. All of a sudden, Cam's presence now is not because it's his fault, but it, is, it becomes a distraction. It becomes... I don't know if distraction is the word, but it becomes a QB battle. Now we're talking mm -hmm. about the QBs. Now this chatter that's like, okay, well, well, Sean McDermott, what, like, what about him? Like, he's there. Like, why, why did you keep Josh in? And you're saying teams ultimately don't want to deal with that. They don't. If you have drafted a guy, if you have a Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, like, still young, but been in the league a couple years, like, you don't want that. If yeah. you have a, you know, if, if Ryan Fitzpatrick is not on the Dolphins and it was just Tua, like you wouldn't want, you know, like you wouldn't want that because it's like, hey, Tua's the guy, you know? Um, so it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot as far as is it worth the headache um, for teams? And that's not a question. I'm, I'm not saying Kim is not, I'm not calling Kim a headache. I'm saying some teams and personnel people may be like, we don't, we don't need all that. Like we just want, we just want a Matt Flynn type of backup who's just here. Like, the point of a backup is to help the young kid get prepared or to, you know, study behind the quarterback. You know, the, the goal is never to see him on the field. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. if that's what you're looking for, then Cam is a complete opposite of right. that. I would like to see, the, like, in the off season. well, at the end of last season, I was like, you know, I kind of want to see Cam in Chicago. I didn't think it would happen, but because of – the Chubit, like you know, Chubisky, like is he the like? That, He's not. I like, I feel like I'm so over that conversation. Who did they just acquire? They acquired somebody, didn't they? Oh my gosh! Oh my god! Uh, Was it Foles? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Foles. Yeah. Foles. Yeah. They got Foles. Yeah. Oh um, I'm a I'm a fan of Nick Foles too, but 
but you know like that like there are just so many teams that have sort of the like iffy like mm, this mm-hmm. the guy but you kind of want to know for sure that he's not the guy before you add a quarterback like cam who has major health questions right now yeah, yeah. no com- no completely completely understood on that now and that goes to your point about uh washington also because you mentioned them i mean they do have dwayne haskins haskins so right that one, so and Haskins was brought in by a head coach who did not want him. So he already had to deal with that. And then Jay getting fired, then the interim head coach, and you've got Ron Rivera. You know, so that's a lot of newness for him. I don't know if adding Cam to that would have been a, a great thing. But right. if Cam is healthy, if you, you know, at some point you would say he's, he's worth it. Because you know, somebody catch COVID and our, our quarterback goes down. Like we got, we got, you know, starter right here. You know, um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. I wonder if he sits out the. I don't think he'll sit out the year, but you know, if when and if a quarterback injury happens, is he that first phone call? I'm shocked that we're even talking about him in this way. Work. Yeah, but I get, but you know, it's sort of like he, you know, the the health thing right now. And and COVID and you know people not not needing short answers at a time when short answers aren't available. Yeah, I still, it's, I still think it might be New England, man. <laughs> I would love, I would love me. I'd love to see him there. It's gonna be. I still think it's gonna, it's gonna happen. Can, you, can you imagine the pairing of Belichick and Cam? I can't. I mean, just just for. I, could, I mean, <laughs> just. I can't even imagine the fans getting behind him there. That's a whole nother interesting conversation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Look, if he shows Cam up one, in New England, <laughs> if he shows up one week and then they beat the Bills thirty-one fourteen, yeah, they'll be all over him there. As long as he wins, they don't care. I just can't, I want to see the post game press conferences. If he loses though, for right. But I want to see the post game press conferences. That's the only reason I would want to see Cam in New England from the standpoint of like Belichick gets to the podium <laughs> and then he just gives his surly like no, yes. Yeah. Okay. On to whoever he gets off, and then Cam comes in with with the flare, like the, su- I mean, the super that I pay money to see. three feathers in a hat and everything. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna uh, like an ascot. Like Cam, <laughs> Cam, we need Cam in the NFL. Just, yes, we do. Yeah. Cam's entertaining. He's personality. Yeah, he's a personality. He is who he is, and I he, like it. So. He is. Now, before we let you get out of here, um, just to talk about a little bit about what's going on in the country and and how that's sort of connected. Um, to football, we just saw um, Joey Bur- Joey Burrow uh, tweeted about what's going on, and I said this to somebody the other day, Kim. I said, you know, around sports, it's kind of time, I think, for a prominent white athlete to speak on these issues. We haven't seen that. There's been a lot of silence um, from certain people in the white community overall, but even in terms of sports and athletics. Um, and I think it would be nice to hear that. And here comes Joey Burrow, first pick in the draft quarterback and he tweeted the black community needs our help they've been unheard for far too long open your ears listen and speak this isn't politics this is human rights um i thought it was a interesting tweet especially coming from you know someone of his age just new into the league right is not he's not prominent he's not tom brady he's not aaron Rodgers. um but he said this with everything going on and obviously you know sports and politics do mix uh, what what were your thoughts on 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 his tweet and just maybe the impact throughout the league of his tweet? You know, the past couple of days was interesting because the first white quarterback tweet I saw was Carson Wentz. Yes, that was the first one I saw, and I was like, oh, okay. 
Right. Not only because to me, when I think of um, players speaking out, you know, like I think of like Bill's kicker, Stephen Hauschka, who people don't even know. But like when I was up there, he and I did a story. He was talking about white people need to speak up. Josh McCown, you know, former Jet and Eagle. Um, but recently when we saw Brady and Julian Edelman and a couple a couple other Patriots guys sign a player, sign their name to a players coalition letter calling for a federal investigation into the Ahmad Aubrey death. Um, the Brady thing made, I was like, oh, Tom Brady's like, yeah. he's showing support. Like, that's interesting because you'd never seen these sort of, um, you'd never seen that before. So between that and Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz and then Kirk Cousins on Instagram, um, it was surprise. It was like all, the, like all these white players are sort of like coming out of the woodwork and it was refreshing. It was it did catch me by surprise because the issues that we're talking about are not new issues. Um, but again, when I bring up COVID, to me, the one, if there is a benefit, I think the fact that we are forced to see things, we are forced to be in our homes, we're forced to watch the news more, we're forced to be on social media more because we're bored. Now you're seeing things you can't just turn away. You're not at the facility working like you're, you know, so you're aware and, and, and it's constant, like the images that we're seeing are constant. So, um, but Joey Burrow, I thought Joe Burrow tweeting that stood out to your point, Dexter, because here's a guy, he hasn't even taken an NFL snap yet. Like he hasn't even played in the game in the NFL. Yeah. And he, in that moment was not, like, we talked to so many players who were like, oh, I have lots to say, but, you know, can't really mess up my money right now. Like, I can't get caught out there. And, like, mm -hmm. some, you know, I don't want to upset this person or that person. I've had lots of players say that to me. And you worry about status. Um, so you have the number one pick in the draft before he's even really gotten to Cincinnati and, and before he's really been able to ingratiate himself into the community and the city and play a game he's using his voice and, and, and speaking for the black community or speaking in solidarity with the black right. community, I should say. Um, that's surprising because a lot of people will say, uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if you really want to upset people right now. Like, I don't know if you want to be putting your voice out there, especially being so young, like you don't want to mess up anything. But, but one thing I think some players may feel like, it's now a safer space. I don't, I don't know. Hmm. Um, because once you see a Tom Brady add his name yeah. to a letter now, Tom Brady isn't Malcolm Jenkins isn't vocal like Mal Malcolm Jenkins, um, or Anquan Bolden. Right. But just seeing his name, I think is a game changer in a sense. And it may allow other, um, white players to feel like, okay, I don't know the right words to say, which is what Carson and Zach Ertz were saying. Like, I don't know what the perfect thing to say is, but I'm not even going to try to find the perfect words. Just know that, like, this hurts me and this can't happen in this country, you know? Um, so hopefully we'll see, we'll see more players just using their voices um, for positive change. Um, and, Burrow, it'll be interesting. It would be interesting if we had media access. And so Bengals yes. writers are talking to him in the locker room on Monday, like, so that's, you know, but it's different now players. There isn't, there aren't media microphones in their faces. 
It's their social media platforms that they have. That's how they're communicating how they feel. And we know with social media, like you don't, in that moment, you may not have time to curate the perfect thought or there isn't that, you know, second where you're like, should I, should I hit send? You know, you may just feel something and tweet it. Um, and in that moment, Burrow felt, you know, that he had something to say. So that was refreshing. I'm wondering if we're going to see more of those. Yeah, I'm definitely wondering yeah. if we'll see more of, the, more, of the, more of that as well, too. I guess before we, last thing, before we let you get out of here, uh, you said you don't think the Bucks will win the Super Bowl. Um, with all the moves that have been made in the offseason, I know it's early. We don't, we think the NFL season will start on time. Who do you have uh, winning the Super Bowl for the upcoming season? Honestly, I I've, I think I've picked the Saints to win the Super Bowl the last couple of years. Um, so don't trust Kimberly Martin if she picks the Saints. No, don't. <laughs> don't trust me. But actually, I just feel like which team year consistently is ready and has the quarterback and has that winning mentality and has that, like, no matter what happens during a season, like, we can come back. Like, that's part of it, too. It's, and I think the Saints are primed for that. Um, so right now having with no football being played, no mini camps, nothing. I'm going to go with, uh, let's get, okay, okay, Mr. Beard, what you got? Who who, who do you think is going to win? Oh, oh. I, I, I like Baltimore. I think, you know, at some point you got to turn the corner if you're Lamar Jackson. He's lost in the playoffs back-to-back years early. You know, at some point you're just going to get to the Super Bowl if you just keep playing the way you are in the regular season. It'll carry over. We've seen it in basketball year after year where teams just they're sort of on the cusp. Oklahoma City, they lose in the playoffs. Then they get a little bit further. They lose again. They're a little bit better in the regular season. They lose again. I'm just going to go with Baltimore. I also don't know if we're going to have a 16 game season. So I think that might benefit them as well. Good point. Interesting. Okay. Saints. Baltimore? I don't know who I pick. I'm not picking. Oh, not picking. come on. Do I have to pick somebody? Come on. Come on. I mean, Kansas City's so easy. Just pick it, guys. I, yeah, well, see, I wanted to say Kansas City, but I actually don't think Kansas City's going to repeat. Um, I do think it's an easy, a bit of an easy pick. Uh, yeah, I think I lean towards Baltimore a little bit. Um, I like them. I was really rooting for them to get there last year, but I, it's pretty – I can see the Saints doing it, um, you know, if people just – don't get too crazy about Taysom Hill, like taking over starting quarterback. That's not going to happen. But yeah, no, I like the Saints. I like I like Baltimore. I could see that. Could I see Kansas City repeating again? Yes. Do I think they will? Do we see? No. Do we see the 49ers coming back to the Super Bowl and winning? I say no because I do not believe in their quarterback. I, I think they can Simply get that. back. Yeah, I think they could get. Back. I don't believe in Garoppolo, Kim. I just don't believe in him. If they, you know, who can use Cam? The 49ers. The 49ers can use Cam if he's healthy. If healthy. I think you place Cam in there, and I think he's a guy who can take him over the top. It's, I, think I, so. said, I said Green Bay last year, but I did not like Ooh. their whole season. So. Yeah. yeah. So there's I'm that. Just not gonna they, they, out. they also have they, – they also, you know, took a quarterback in the first round. And, That's you know. true. So we'll, yeah, and Aaron, Aaron was surprised, just like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. So. We all were surprised Where, about Aaron that. Aaron Rodgers playing in 2021. Oh, <laughs> the Jets, because that's where, <laughs> because just because. The, yeah, yeah, just because. because. No, Aaron Rodgers would have to be Green Bay Packer. Great before they've done right, it. yeah, yeah. But see, Aaron Rodgers will go somewhere else, and then when he's on his last leg, will come to the Jets. That's that. Like that's... he won't. Good Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be on the Jets. It'd be like that would be the kick in the teeth. Like. Yeah. Aaron just uh, a year away from being completely done. That's that, when that Woody be, Johnson will sign him. 
typical Jets. Sounds like that. Kim, thank you for joining us as usual. I know you took time on a beautiful afternoon where you should have been outside. Um, yes. and, and although you did not want to give any love to Larry Fitzgerald going to the great University of Pittsburgh, um, still love you. And, uh, and, and, you know, we appreciate you coming on for the third time. Now, the, the weird question is the next time we have Kim on. No, 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 no. Kim, Kimberly will still. We'll still be, we'll still, <laughs> we'll still, we'll still be employed by the same employer. Yeah, gotcha. Yes. 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 <laughs> Brian, right. Brian didn't even, Brian didn't even see where we were going I don't know why, there. I don't know why no, Brian's even out. laughing. Yeah. I, I, but Kim saw where I, I was going. She was like, yeah, yeah no, that's yeah. right. I'm and going Kim to be here. So, Kim is like, yeah. I'm very serious. This will not happen. And I mean, I mean, no, but but in fairness, like at this point, it's like, all right, what, what like what could the next move possibly be? Look, so. I don't look whatever it is because it's it's the great Kimberly Martin. I know it's going to be great. So that's all I'm going to say, Kim. I'm just going to leave it like that and put that kind of energy Thank out there. You. I'm going to leave you. it like yeah, let's that. Not get it, let's not get her in trouble. She just got no. To I'm not trying yeah, to. Please, come on now. We are we are thrilled. We are thrilled and happy for your success, and we wish you, you much great more. I know you're going to have a lot of great articles and a lot of great feature pieces coming out that I can't wait to see. So. Thank yeah. you once okay. again. Again, that's a great Kimberly Martin, NFL writer um, for ESPN. You can check her work out on there. That's it for episode 131 of the A Heart to Tell podcast. As Brian just chugged down a huge gulp of water or whatever he was drinking. I don't even know what that was. Beard all wet and sappy. I don't know. Like, he just. <laughs> yeah, he well, no, my beard, yeah, my beard's like it's you know what what are we gonna do? You should see my hair on my head. It's no, crazy. No, no, we're good. We don't. <laughs> I have a little mini fro growing. Kimberly is good. Kimberly's good in that one. All right, that's it for episode one thirty one of the <laughs> AR to Tell podcast for the great Kimberly Martin and Brian Fonseca. I'm Dexter Henry. Until next time, y'all. Peace. <laughs>